This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Donald Trump takes New Hampshire, embarrassing Nikki Haley in perhaps the only state she had a chance to win. But will she bow out gracefully? <laughs> Unlikely. In fact, if Nikki Haley is a Democrat plant, would I be surprised? Not at all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. And uh, today, I have to tell you, it was very interesting because I said, wow, what a great victory. But then somebody ran up to the stage all dressed up nicely <laughs> when it was at 7. But now I just walked up and it's at 14. But, but she ran up when it was 7. And, you know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing... Uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win, she lost. And you know, last, last week we had a little bit of a problem. And if you remember, Ron was very upset because she ran up and she pretended she won Iowa. And I looked around, I said, didn't she come in third? Yeah, she came in third. We have beaten Biden. You could almost say, who can't? Who the hell can't? The man can't put two sentences together. He can't find the stairs off a stage. Who can't? All right. If Republican voters have their way, Donald Trump will be the GOP nominee. If Democrats, corporatists, globalists, rhinos, and neocons have their way, it'll be Nikki Haley. And not just Nikki Haley as the GOP nominee, bigger. Nikki Haley as the next president. You know, I've spent the last year plus maintaining that Joe will not be the nominee, and I still maintain that. But if swapping out Joe with Gavin or Gretchen or even Michelle isn't enough, the Democrats and those who control them, well, they're going to need a backup plan, someone to do their bidding and carry on the 13th year of Obama's plan. That person in that backup plan could be Nikki Haley. Think about it. She doesn't threaten the military-industrial complex. We know that, or those who benefit from it. She doesn't threaten the open border. She doesn't threaten to bring election integrity or fairness for women's sports and spaces. The Nikki Haley agenda doesn't threaten anything the left or the globalists want to do because there is no Nikki Haley agenda. They write her agenda. They buy her agenda. She is the uniparty, but she masquerades as a Republican. And that simple observation is why I find her to be maybe more frightening than Joe or Kamala or Gavin or Gretchen. Because Nikki Haley is a Trojan horse, a well-funded Trojan horse. And if they put Trump behind bars and Nikki somehow becomes the de facto GOP nominee, she could very well beat Joe Biden. 
But the powers that be aren't necessarily fretting that because a Nikki Haley presidency allows them to operate in the shadows just as they've done the last eight plus years. Nikki Haley isn't a bird brain. She's a black widow. And don't say, I didn't warn you. Joining me now is Citizens United President David Bossy. David, it's great to have you. Obviously, we're doing a victory lap in the Trump camp, uh, but from the victory last night, I have to ask, though, I think we all knew that Trump was going to win New Hampshire. Did you think that Nikki Haley was going to do as well as she still thinks she did? You know, it's it's all in the eye of the beholder. I think Nikki Haley's trying to grasp onto those few straws that she has left. This race is over. Let's just let's just break it down. Uh, she got between 25 and 30 percent of her total vote was from Republicans. This is a Republican primary, and she only got less than a third of her vote were were from Republicans. And she wants to tout that she came close, but she really didn't come close. 11 points is an enormous victory when you have that many independents turning out to vote. Uh, in the Republican primary. Donald Trump trounced her. Uh, It just beat her soundly in New Hampshire last night. He beat her uh, soundly uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, eight days ago in in Iowa. Uh, So this race is effectively over. She's going to try to stay in it for many of the reasons that you talked about. Uh, But there's going to be an inflection point here where where she's going to have to decide, is she going to burn the bridge that she is on? Uh, and, and she's going to have to decide, is it time to get out and get behind Donald Trump, who is the apparent nominee of the Republican Party uh, and is going to be the nominee of the Republican Party because she has zero pathway. There is no path to Nikki Haley becoming the nominee. Uh, And so if you just look at what's going to happen in the next uh, month or six weeks between now and Super Tuesday, if she was to stay in, and I don't believe she will, uh, but if she was to stay in, she would come out of that with zero delegates, zero opportunity, zero future, uh, and will have only done Joe Biden's bidding by continuing to waste time, money, resources on this ridiculous charade that they continue to have as a campaign. Do you think, though, that there is some possibility that Nikki Haley and the Nikki Haley team feel like maybe they are going to somehow, like I mentioned, become a default nominee if something were to go down with the four indictments, if Donald Trump were to be convicted, thrown behind bars. Do you think that she has vowed to stay in to the bitter end because she's somehow sitting there waiting? Like, you know, in Buzzard's circle, it feels like that's kind of what she's doing. You know, Ron DeSantis, I believe, cares about the country. I believe he cares about the party. He knew that he put all his chips into Iowa, spent a lot of time there, and he wasn't able to, you know, mount that hill in Iowa. So he said, hey, listen, there's not a pathway. I'm going to get out. I'm going to support Donald Trump. But it seems to me like Nikki Haley is still waiting in the wings. She's trying to sniff the blood that Donald Trump might be, you know, in for. So I feel like her and and maybe more so her donors are waiting for something bad to happen to Donald Trump legally. I completely agree with you. And I do believe it is more her donors uh, putting her in that position than even her. 
uh, it, it, it's not that she disagrees with it, but if those donors were to abandon her, she would be out of this race. That's a fact. So I think that um, uh, Nikki Haley has a lot of contemplating to do. And let me just say that if you recall what happened a, a little over a week ago in Iowa, uh, Ron DeSantis, as you said, said, I have no pathway. I, I Actually, on election night, he said, I punched my ticket. I came in second. I did well. On to New Hampshire, on to the future. Within several days, he came around and looked at the path, looked at his opportunities, and decided to get out. I'm hopeful that in the heat of the moment, Nikki Haley said, I've come in a strong second, even though she didn't, and I've done all these things, uh, and I'm going to move on to the future. And really now, reality is starting to set in. And the harsh reality of there is no pathway. There's not even a modicum of a pathway by winning delegates. Uh, could she be you know, the 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 vulture, as you put it, um, hanging around to see if there's a carcass? Possibly. But you can still do that. If you're Nikki Haley, you could still, Ron DeSantis is doing that too. I mean, in essence, he could be somebody that is turned to if the sky fell. And I don't believe that for a second that it's going to happen. But there's a lot of scenarios, a lot of hypotheticals that these folks are gonna and their teams will run through. One of them would be that the, that the, it would be an open convention, right? Yeah. I mean, you could get all the way into the craziness of that, uh, which is not going to happen. Uh, but uh, it, it, Nikki Haley has a lot of soul searching to do, and we're going to find out a lot about her in the coming days. Well, I want to actually take a look. You know, you alluded to what she said last night. Uh, former President Trump alluded to what she said last night. So she didn't go as, uh, as far as to say that she won, kind of like she did in Iowa, where she uh, made herself, you know, second place magically. But, you know, she did have a lot to say last night. She was overly confident, in my opinion, as unlikable as ever. Let's take a listen for those that didn't have the pleasure of watching her last night. At one point in this campaign, there were 14 of us running. And we were at 2% in the polls. Well, I'm a fighter. And I'm scrappy. And now we're the last one standing next to Donald Trump. And today we got close to half of the vote. We still have a ways to go, but we keep moving up. Yeah, so she counted that as a victory for, for herself. But what do you say about South Carolina? I mean, that's her state. And she's doing very poorly in South Carolina. You know, that should be at least humbling for her. Does she think she's going to go back to South Carolina and campaign? And all of a sudden, the people that know her best, the state that she governed, all of a sudden they're going to change their minds because of some donor bucks coming in? I mean, I don't see how that's going to happen. And I see that as being very embarrassing for her. She is going to get trounced in her home state. To be honest with you, who wants to go through that? If you're Nikki Haley and you're a two-term governor, a former UN ambassador, and running for president, you 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 know you want to look at your home state and think that they're going to love you. But Donald Trump has the endorsement of both of the United States senators 
and the current governor who served as her lieutenant governor, okay, and most of the delegation in the United States House. She has every conservative to speak of in the, he has, Donald Trump has every conservative in South Carolina endorsing him. The polling is devastating. Nikki Haley is going to get somewhere in the 30s, probably in the low 30s in South Carolina. Why? Because unlike New Hampshire, only Republicans and registered Republicans can vote in that primary. And and so she's not going to do well in her home state, and it will be devastating. And I don't think that's a way to go out. To be honest with you, why not look at last night uh, as a, a victory in her mind and get out between now and and South Carolina on a high note, claim your victories, and look like you are someone who, like you said a moment ago, is in it for the right reasons, is in it for America, and wants America to succeed. Get behind Donald Trump now and 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 allow yourself to have a future amongst those Trump voters. See, but I, I'm glad that you brought that up because— There are some saying that, you know, she needs to salvage herself if she wants to have a future political career, maybe looking towards 2028. Uh, That's why I was happy to see Ron DeSantis get out when he was, because I do think he has a bright future, and I think he has a bright future in 2028. I don't think Nikki Haley thinks she has a bright future in 2028, and I don't think anybody thinks that, you know, at least those that are Trump supporters or DeSantis supporters, I don't think any of us want her or are going to want her in 2028. There's more of a chance of us wanting Liz Cheney, in my opinion, So I think for her, oh, it's true. I mean, she is Liz Cheney. She is Hillary Clinton. But I think for her, she's thinking, what do I have to lose? I don't want to run again in in 2028. I might as well keep going. I got the donor dollars behind me. I know that whenever I do get out, I'm still going to have a position on some board making way more money than I'm worth. So I think for her, it's like, might as well stay in the spotlight. As long as I got people willing to fund me, I might as well keep doing this. She's kind of like a John Kasich in that, where she's just going to stick around because why the hell not? I don't think she's trying to guard her political future. I think that she's just doing this now because she likes the spotlight and she's going to ride it out for as long as that spotlight and the dollars remain. Unless, and I, look, you, you're, you are right on target. You're, you're, you're right over the target on that. It's whether or not she believes she is capable of, of being on that short list for vice president uh, while Donald Trump is still in the process of making up his mind as to who it is. Um, so, but and so by getting uh, uh, out and endorsing him, you probably endear yourself to him a little bit and and fix and and and, and repair some of the bridges that you've burned by staying in until uh, the bitter end, uh, as you described, with the donor class really forcing this. she removes herself from that. So I don't know the percentage that she has to be the VP nominee. Anyway, I do know his personal relationship with her fairly well. So I wouldn't say that it's very high, but if you're going to have any chance, it would be by getting out now. Yeah, I just, I don't see her being the running mate. I don't see Donald Trump making her the running mate. I don't know why. It's kind of hard. I know that he calls people names and then he goes back and, you know, he calls the vague names as well. He's called them all names. And then he warms up to them afterwards. But it's kind of hard to go from this person is a bird brain to I want her running the country by my side. I think that's yeah. a hard recovery. It, it is. But, you know, Lindsey Graham, 
you know, had to shred his cell phone because Donald Trump gave his, his cell phone number out. Remember back in 2016 yeah. during the nomination process, he, he has had incredible relationships with a lot of people and they, sometimes they start out very badly uh, and they end up being something you never would have thought. I've been around Donald Trump a lot and over the years, and it's kind of surprising to watch. Uh, but I will tell you uh, again, uh, it, it is Nikki Haley has a has a it's a tall mountain to climb to be able to get to that. I don't see him picking her uh, because I know the type of person he's looking for, the loyalty uh, and 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 the America first belief. Uh, because he doesn't want to let down the future either. He wants to pick somebody who is going to be the future of the America First movement. And I don't know that that she fits that. No, she doesn't. Ukraine First is more of Nikki Haley's jam there. I want to ask you, because I know that you spend a lot of time, obviously, around the Trump campaign, very, very close to all the folks in there. So I just got to ask you, because this has come up a couple of times, and it recently has come up, why... Why does Donald Trump continue to go after Kaylee McEnany? <laughs> because I know Kaylee personally. I'm sure that you know her personally to some extent as well. I've Absolutely. never heard her really come out against the former president. She said some nice things about Ron DeSantis. She said some things about the way that she sees the election going. But she hasn't really thrown any daggers the president's way so I'm just a little confused why it feels like he has it out for her and why he goes after her on social media or on True Social on more than one occasion. Can you shine a light on that for me? Because I find it perplexing. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that question. It is a good one. You, but knowing his view of, of Fox News and knowing what the president believes is the unfair coverage uh, in his mind, from Fox News, but it's David, more I mean, as somebody who, who, as someone who works for Fox News, I'm around a lot of hosts at Fox News. I am, you know, obviously I, a host at Fox News. Fox I've been News there. Covered, I know. Yeah, Fox News covers Donald Trump very favorably, and a lot of the hosts and a lot of the primetime hosts cover him very favorably. They sit there and obviously sing his praises, talk about how, all the great things that he has done. So, does he? But need Tommy, you he, know what I'm saying? Which yeah, but is, it's not. He's a victim. She. Her, to answer your question about Kaylee, is I think that it's part of it is that he believes that Fox is, has been unfair, and therefore. He is, he is, uh, he is, uh, at, you know, attacking her with part of that as being uh, the underpinnings of it. Yeah, it's confusing to me, and I have to say, just personally, uh, through this this whole process, I, you know, you know, I've been a Trump supporter for a very long time. As my career has come up, I've been, you know, through the first administration, obviously one of the biggest cheerleaders, 2020, very big cheerleader for, for Donald Trump all the way through. You know, I did have some things to say about COVID, about the Fauci stuff. I had some things to say about recently when he was kind of touting Black Lives Matter. That really rubbed me the wrong way. So I feel like it, you know, for me and to be a person of integrity, I've got to call out even the guy I support. I got to call him out when I disagree with things. I also didn't like the First Step Act. I was kind of vocal about that. But 
But through this process, I've obviously been a fan of, of Ron DeSantis, and I've, I've said some things about Donald Trump during this process that, that rubbed me the wrong way. He hasn't come after me personally yet, to my knowledge, so that's why I'm a little confused, because I've taken much more direct and pointed shots at the president, former president than Kayleigh McEnany has. So that's now, why I found it perplexing. I thought if anybody was going to be target, it was going to be me. Yeah. It, 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 part of it is, is that Kaylee worked in the inner sanctum, yeah. right, and worked closely with him. And I think he feels aggrieved um, by somebody who is 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 really one of his closest people when she was there, and 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 is now, uh, as you say, you know, stating things uh, about whether it's Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, that that President Trump just doesn't like. And so I, I don't know the answers. I haven't yeah. spoken to him a, a, at all about it, uh, but I did see it myself. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm obviously I'm a big fan of Kayleigh McEnany. I think she's such a sweet and wonderful person. And I think she did such a good job in her role for Donald Trump. You know, I think that she did the best job of anyone uh, on that podium and that lectern. So I would just like to see that get smoothed over because I, I just think that she's such a great person and such a great uh, advocate and ally of the America First movement. But that's all That's all I will say on that. Uh, the last thing I want to ask you about um, is, again, the January 6th stuff. I don't think we're ever going to know the truth about January 6th, but we get some more information that's troubling, and then it feels like a lot of people just find it to be a right-wing conspiracy, but we now are, are getting word that the House January 6th committee, which was a sham committee, deleted more than 100 encrypted files before the GOP took the majority. Um, I don't know if we're ever going to get any resolution on this, but boy, if there's anything that stinks, that's uh, that's pretty, it's pretty powerful. It, it is absolutely outrageous. Benny Johnson, Liz Cheney, and that entire staff of that a joke of a committee should be subpoenaed immediately. There should be depositions. I'll be honest with you, there should potentially be a grand jury here in Washington, D.C. about it. I, this is not something that is just some right-wing, you know, uh, conspiracy theory. This is outrageous. And I will say, as somebody who was a victim of that committee, uh, they, they they released, when they released their report, they released the personal information of many of us. I'm not the only one. Of many, many of us uh, and our, 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 our dates of birth, our social security numbers, our home addresses, they released that to the general public. Okay, because they that's how they were paying people back. Okay, it is outrageous that this committee deleted these files. It is outrageous that they that they broke the public trust by by giving out our personal information. And, and it was a lot of people, I will say. So this is this is a committee that needs to be held to account. Uh, and Liz Cheney, uh, Benny Thompson, Adam Schiff, the rest of this this these incredibly bad bad people who served on this committee because they hated Donald Trump more than they loved our country let's make sure we got it straight mm -hmm. they hate Donald Trump more than they love our nation and they were be they were willing to do anything and deleting encrypted files on the way out the door that probably held exculpatory information why are you going to get rid of information that that the next group is going to come in and see unless it's the exculpatory material that goes against 
what that committee found. That that that's the outrage, and that's what that's what U.S. attorneys and judges, instead of prosecuting uh, those folks who were exercising their First Amendment rights uh, uh, on January sixth, that's what they should be looking at. It worries me coming up into this next election as well, because it's not just that. We also know that the feds and you know encourage banks to search for terms like mega and Trump and other things, key words that they found to be problematic. It just feels like heading into the next election, there's going to be such a, a silencing campaign going on that for anybody that wants to talk about election integrity, anybody that wants to talk about very real instances provable instances of voter fraud. It feels like now everybody feels terrified to say anything of the sort, to question anything at all, because they know that the weight of the federal government and all these other outside entities is going to be on them. It feels like it's going to be quite the chilling effect heading into November. And we know Donald Trump is going to say it like it is. We know that he's always going to go out there. But for the, the, the people that are, you know, littler than Donald Trump, that don't have the resources that Donald Trump has, what's your advice to them? Just average everyday Americans who are worried they're going to be swept up in this because they support the former president and we've got an election coming up. There's a lot of us out there that are that are whether they write op-eds in their local newspapers, whether they want to go to a rally or a protest in their neighborhood, they're afraid because the government intimidates the American people now instead of supporting it. You know, this is a dangerous time in America. Uh, we have to get it back. It's the reason that Donald Trump must win this November. We have to get our government back for the people, not... Uh, it, it has to serve the people, not intimidate the people, not threaten the people, which is where we are today. Joe Biden has weaponized every lever of government. He has weaponized every prosecutor that they can touch at the federal, state, and local level uh, to prosecute people for exercising their First Amendment rights, for standing up for liberty and freedom, for supporting Donald Trump. Uh, I got to tell you, you know, having been somebody who's had to live through all of this over the last eight plus years, it is it is hard for even people with uh, organizations that support us. And uh, it, it is it's hard uh, and it is really difficult for your average person. And I can only say that for the next 10 months, we have to go shoulder to shoulder, work every minute of every day to support each other and support Donald Trump to make sure he's the next president of the United States so that we can throw out the, the Biden administration and rip uh, uh, the DOJ and the FBI uh, uh, apart and make it what it's supposed to be uh, and, and, and take it out of the hands of the radical left uh, prosecutors. It, it's it's a dangerous time we live in, and, and it's only going to get corrected. That and so many other problems that we have in America mm -hmm. are only going to get solved if Donald Trump is the next president. It's going to be a, a big process. You know, I hope that we get there where we can start, uh, start the process of starting from scratch. I think that's the best case scenario. But now I think we all have to have our, our heads down and our eyes up and just focus on the prize. Thank you for everything that you do. Always speaking the truth. Thank you for taking the time. Of course, the day after New Hampshire, a big day for everybody in conservative media and politics. So I appreciate you taking the time and I hope to talk to you soon. God bless.
Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate you having me. Of course. Folks, the Supreme Court, including conservative justices, John Roberts and Amy Coney Barrett, just sold out Texas, our border, and our national security. And I have some final thoughts. So this week, the Supreme Court ruled 5-4 that the Biden administration is allowed to instruct border agents to cut and remove the razor wire the great state of Texas has been using as a last resort to protect and defend their border and ours. Before I continue, let me say this. I phrase the above paragraph that way very deliberately because I see many articles and reports stating that border agents are allowed to cut and remove the wire, which is technically true. But if you think for one second it is our U.S. border agents that want to be doing that, want to be leaving our nation vulnerable and defenseless as illegals invade, well, you haven't spent much time with border agents, I have. Now, the ruling states that by installing the razor wire, Texas is interfering with border agents and their ability to perform their duties. Well, that's BS, and we all know it. Their duty is to protect our border, not open the floodgates for the invasion. But this isn't their fault. They are, by and large, as sickened by this process as we are. But nevertheless, here we are. The Supreme Court, including the two turncoats, Justice John Roberts and Justice Amy Coney Barrett, have sold Texas and our national sovereignty and security down the river. And this isn't the first time the Biden administration has done this. When the state of Arizona tried to use shipping containers to protect and defend its border, the Biden administration also intervened and sued to prevent it. The Biden administration, or more accurately, the Obama and Soros families, don't want the border protected, and they don't give a rat's ass about our national security either. They see millions of future voters that will keep them in power and extreme wealth, so they don't really care what that means for the rest of us. But here's my take on it. Democrats do whatever the hell they want. They allow our immigration laws to be broken repeatedly and by the millions. And the illegals? They also do whatever the hell they want, flouting our immigration laws and other laws. They are brazen and they are shameless. So why should Texas back down? Why should Texas have the book thrown at it and comply with this organized treason at our borders? Republicans and Republican states always fall in line. Case in point, why hasn't Mayorkas been impeached yet? Why hasn't Joe been impeached yet? Why hasn't Fannie Willis been removed yet? And Hunter Biden defied a congressional subpoena. Why hasn't he been arrested? See, Democrats are cutthroat. They do what they want. They write the rules and they tap dance on them if it gets them where they want to be. But Republicans, no, Republicans do nothing. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. We take orders and back down and damn, I'm just sick of it. But hey, those are just my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.